You're live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo in studio. Today we've got a lot of tech to talk about. Some back-to-school gear. I know a lot of the kids out there are going, shut up, don't talk about this. But uh, we've got some uh, accessories and technology for the students out there and the students in your life. We'll also be getting uh, a Bitcoin primer from uh, our friend Michael Vogel. Uh, We're hearing more and more about this currency, this digital currency. He'll help demystify it, explain what it is, how to get it, and how to use it. So you'll want to stay tuned for that. And Amazon working on an animal translator? Yes, you're going to find out more information about that uh, as well. In studio right now, I've uh, got my uh, guest co-host, Graham Williams, uh, to talk about some of the tech news uh, out there right now. Thanks for joining me, Graham. Always glad to be here. So uh, Tesla in the news uh, quite a bit uh, this week. Uh, the Tesla 3, Model 3 cars have started shipping. Uh, I think they only shipped 30 this month, so they've got a lot to catch up on, but uh, a lot of great reviews so far. Yeah, I mean, this sort of came to the forefront when we had, you know, thousands of people put $1,000 down interest-free for Elon Musk to help fund the Model 3, and obviously they launched last week. But the big news right now is that they're taking 1,800 reservations per day on the Model 3. Already, and... These people that are reserving the cars now might not see this, this car for a couple of years. Yeah, that we're basically booking into late 2018, early 2019 with some rumors that we will hit 2020 by the end of the year. Have you read some of the reviews on the Model 3? Uh, yeah, so far. I mean, I've seen a lot of people who are absolutely loving the display on it. Obviously, it's not as uh, sort of premium as the Model S, the Model S being sort of this beautiful sedan of a vehicle. But for, for sort of a mid-range car, they're comparing it to the Nissan Leaf and the Chevy Bolt. And people are saying that they're very, very impressed with it so far. Uh, you know, if you get a chance, Google a, a picture of the uh, interior, the dash. It is, it's kind of weird. There's, it is so minimalist. There's just one 15-inch screen display on there that displays everything. You know, your speed, uh, navigation, it's climate sort of a, control. It's a great rethinking of the interior of the vehicle. We've seen that happen a couple of times. I mean, Mini a few years ago did this sort of center console thing that was revisiting the, the original Mini from the 1960s. But something so sort of Spartan and stark uh, it's really like, you know, pay attention to the road and we'll kind of handle everything else. Um, one thing so far, like the, the first 30 that have been released um, have just gone to employees. They have, yes. Yeah. And I believe Elon Musk was, uh, he was gifted the first one off the lot. Uh, you know, somebody else had, had purchased the rights to it and he, uh, he was basically given back to him as a birthday present. Well, what I find interesting though, too, um, the base price in the U.S. is 35000 U.S., uh, but from what I've seen so far, all the ones delivered uh, a little bit more expensive than that, at least $45,000 US per car. Well, that's the wonderful thing about Tesla is they do sort of let you go through and, and customize the vehicle sort of from top to tails. Uh, here in town, there's actually a Tesla pop-up store where you can go in and you can basically build your dream Tesla. You can do that online as well. So lots of customization that basically as an end user, you can take control of. It's a very cool way of looking at it. Did you see that uh, Tesla, they uh, are into uh, solar panels now and specifically solar roofs. Did you see uh, some of the news there this week? I did. Yeah. Elon's actually got his own roof done. This is something that I started looking into for uh, my parents' house actually back in Ontario a few years ago. And you know, we looked at it and said, well, there, it'll be 10 years before this thing pays for itself. So these things, have, they've really come a long way. Well, I think the big news this week with um, you know the announcement that they're actually going to start installing these, you can uh, plop some money down. They always want a thousand bucks or something <laughs> to reserve your, your roof. But uh, from what I'm reading, the roof, uh, and these are uh, solar tiles, and they've got several different uh, models of it, uh, depending on what kind of roof look you want. Two will be available uh, right away. The other two are going to be in 2018. 
it is cheaper. It is a cheaper material than other roofing materials out there. This is kind of the mind-blowing one. And it's, it's not only cheaper, but they've shown in some cases it's, abs- it's actually tougher. You know, they, they, they took hammers to this. They took other types of, uh, of implements to it to see if they could damage it or destroy it. And th- these things are actually like, they're pretty darn tough. And so the warranty on it, from my understand as well, uh, the lifetime of your house or infinity, whatever comes first. <laughs> I'm gambling on, on my house, but you know, you never know. If it's well-built, infinity could be reasonable. So is that going to change things, Graham? Like I've had a look uh, online at some of the styles of these tiles, uh, these roof tiles. They actually look cool. Like I, I thought, you know, this is going to look stupid on, on a roof, but uh, they're very stylish. If it's cheaper than existing roofing materials, um, what's going to happen? I, I think a lot more people would go this way. I, I definitely would. And I look at it this way. If you are in the traditional roofing tile business right now, you may be sweating just a little bit, not in the near future, but your 10 year or 20 year plan, you'd probably be looking at this and going, am I in the right business anymore? So, you know, there's a couple aspects to it. Obviously uh, you got to buy the roof, roofing materials uh, and installation. I believe they'll do the installation uh, for price. Um, but also you need uh, a Tesla power wall as well. This is a giant this is a giant battery that sits in your house or on the outside of your house. And, and I mean, that's the piece that solves the puzzle that we've all had for the last little while. Yes, you can have these wonderful solar panels that do everything and you can feed energy back into the grid. But on cloudy days, you know, do you have a way to, to get that power back out if you're not on the grid? And the power wall was something that they came up with a few years ago. Absolutely brilliant idea, right? Basically just a big old battery that fits inside your garage or inside a, you know, a room in the basement and collects all of that power so you can use it when you need it. Yeah, from my understanding, I think they're in the six or seven thousand uh, dollar U.S. range. Uh, I kind of did a little uh, thing. You can go on the website and it'll estimate, you know, uh, how many of these power walls you need for your house. So I think I have about five bedrooms in my house. I would need two of them. That's not too bad. No, well, you got space for that. But it's interesting. Like if you can put these solar tiles on your roof and you've got that power wall battery. Uh, that will obviously dramatically cut your need for electricity. And, and as energy prices sort from of... From BC Hydro or, or whatever you're... <laughs> and, and as energy provider. prices sort of spike around, you know, can you basically mitigate that for yourself? So you're spending a little bit of money up front right now and you're dodging these power costs as they do start to rise in the future. I guess my question though is, you know, we live in Canada. You and I, we're here in Vancouver. It rains a lot. What does that look like? <laughs> does Does that affect how much... Uh, energy it can collect in the little solar cells? It does. But I mean, on the upside, they're always going to be clean. <laughs> what other news bits have you seen out there? Uh, well, uh, Google is, is kind of interesting. Uh, we've seen that the Google Pixel 2 and the Google Pixel 2 XL potentially may not have a headphone jack. So this is something that was a bit of a of an outcry with uh, the iPhone 7 when it came out. They killed the headphone jack and... Uh, you basically have to use lightning cable uh, style headphones now. They have an adapter, so you can use your old-fashioned headphones. But, you know, what Apple was saying is that most people are going wireless now with Bluetooth headphones and that the headphone jack is a 100-year-old technology and needs to be killed. Yeah, and, and the interesting thing here is that Google absolutely threw shade last year. October of last year, when they launched the Pixel right after the iPhone 7, um, they, they basically you know were celebrating the fact that, yes, we still have a headphone jack. And so if the rumor is true and they don't have a headphone jack this time around, eh, it's a bit of egg on their face. Is Not it? Great. I don't think people have no. long memories on this, this, this stuff. Well, no. So you, you've got an iPhone. Yes. Right. And I've got a, I've got an iPhone seven. Do you have Apple AirPods? No, I don't. I know you do. I, I've got, honestly, I'm a tech guy, so I get stuff sent to me. So I probably have like seven different pairs of Bluetooth 
headphones. So, so you're, and you're kind of you're Bluetooth covered. I, totally. I'm loving my AirPods, and they're saying that they have ramped up production, but they still cannot produce enough to not be sold out all the time. Do you feel like a weirdo though walking around with them? Can you explain to listeners who don't know what an AirPod is? So um, an, an AirPod really is essentially if you take those Apple earbuds that we had before and if you cut the cord off just below where the, the plastic ended, you can basically take that earbud and sort of stick it in your ear. Now you don't do this, obviously. Apple has developed a product that does this. And so you've it looks got like this, you have Q-tip sticking out of your ears. You've kind of got a Q-tip sticking out of your ear. So the question was, you know, do I feel weird walking down the street? Well, no more so than I usually do. Uh, <laughs> but uh, to be honest, I mean, they're light. They stay in your ears because it's the cable typically that I found that would pull the earphones out of your ears. These things are phenomenal. Like the, the microphone in them, in them is great. The sound quality is great. The battery life is ridiculously good. I can actually see why they're continuously sold out. You know, I guess my favorite part of them is I love the little carry case. It, yep. You know, you can charge it in that case as well. Um, what I love is just how effortly, effortlessly they pair with Apple devices. You know, one thing with Bluetooth, it's cool, but it's a little bit of a pain sometimes to pair it with your device. Yeah. When basically when I took these things out of the package, I flipped the container open my phone saw that it was there, asked if I wanted to pair it. I clicked connect. That was it. It was done. You didn't have to go into any menus or anything. It just knew. So here's the thing. Not only did it do that, but all of my other Apple devices, my iPad, my uh, my computer, they all already knew after I'd done that. One and done. It's like magic. It's very cool. What's that technology they were calling? W1? Yeah, it's the W1 chip. They're going to be putting that in all their headphones, I'm telling yeah. you, and their Beats headphones. Yeah, it's already in three or four right now, and it's apparently doing wonders for them. So much more to talk uh, about on today's show. We're going to be doing a Bitcoin primer on our next segment. So if you've heard about Bitcoin, the digital currency, you're still not sure what it is. Is it safe to invest in it? How do you use it? Where do you get it? We will give you everything you need to know about that. We'll also be talking back to school gear, gadgets uh, for the students out there, and Amazon talking to the animals. Stay tuned for all of that. You're back with Get Connected, Mike Agarbo in studio here. We still have a lot more to talk about on today's program, including back-to-school gadgets for the student in your life. And is Amazon trying to figure out how to talk to animals? They are. We'll give you more information on that later on in the uh, the program. On the line right now, uh, I've got my guest. His name is Michael Vogel. He is with NetCoins. He's the CEO there. To give us uh, a Bitcoin primer. Thanks for joining us today, Michael. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. So, uh... We are hearing about Bitcoin every day in uh, in the news. Uh, it's a form of currency, a digital currency. Can you give our uh, our listeners kind of a uh, uh, Reader's Digest version of what Bitcoins are and where do they come from? Absolutely. So the, the easiest way I can explain Bitcoin is basically it's it's currency for the internet. So what I tell people is if they're if they're going on a trip to the states, they'll bring U.S. dollars. If they're going to Europe, they'll bring euros. If they're going to the internet, they should they should bring Bitcoin with them. Um, and basically, it's it's just a very very simple transaction medium that has seen a huge amount of adoption uh, over the last two years. And it, it basically is uh, a new form of money that doesn't rely on traditional credit card networks or banks to allow people to to transact essentially. It sounds scary. Like, why would I want <laughs> these bitcoins? Like, <laughs> like no one's backing them. Can they just disappear? Yeah, it's a total paradigm shift. It's, it's interesting for a whole number of reasons. So Bitcoin came to existence around 2009 after the, uh, you know, there was the, the big banking collapse and a lot of people lost faith in the banking system. And uh, this, this sort of alternative method of transacting online called Bitcoin became popular. And basically, it, uh, it, it's popular with online merchants because unlike credit cards, there's no way for a transaction to get reversed. 
Um, if you ask any any e-commerce business, um, you know that sells products online, a lot of them get hit with credit card fraud and fake credit cards and stuff like that. And Bitcoin is is a very elegant solution that uh, eliminates all that. Transactions can't be reversed, uh, and so it's actually better for merchants to to use Bitcoin. And so that's what we're, we started to see. Uh, companies like Microsoft, Expedia, Dell, um, and you know many many others are are accepting Bitcoin for this reason. So no credit card fees and and low risk. Uh, I'm just going to bring up a few, you know, scary things in my mind. Like I, I see the fluctuation in Bitcoin as far as its value. Like I could buy Bitcoin one day, and it, it seems the value goes up and down dramatically compared to other currencies. Yeah, it's true. I mean, the ironic thing is, is Bitcoin was actually the the, the top currency, uh, top performing currency for the past few years. Uh, I know in January, Bitcoin was hovering a little under a thousand Canadian, and uh, and now it's close to, to 3,500 Canadians. So um, it's, it's seen a huge amount of appreciation, especially in the last six months. Uh, a lot of that has to do with um, a lot of people becoming comfortable with, with the idea of, of Bitcoin as a, as a viable alternative. Um, and, you know, countries like, like Japan and Korea, they've declared Bitcoin as, as legal tender. And so, you know, governments and airlines and banks there are, are starting to use it. So uh, it's actually becoming very, very credible and a lot less scary than uh, that it was in, the, in its early years, where, where it you know, had a lot of negative press associated with it. But don't we see large fluctuations in, in the value of them? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, so uh, even just a few weeks ago, uh, Bitcoin it, it went up 20% in, in one day, and, uh, and you know, three, three days prior, prior to that, it, uh, it saw a similar you know, fluctuation down. So it is very, very volatile. Um, part of that is just because there are a lot of investors interested in Bitcoin right now. And it's just, uh, you know, we're still in relatively early days. And anytime you're in, in early days of any kind of new technology, there is volatility. So um, it's just part of the game right now. We, we're seeing some news stories uh, in the past couple of years of uh, these Bitcoin exchanges uh, getting hacked and, and losing, uh, I guess, their customers' Bitcoins. Is this uh, continuing to be a problem? Um, yeah, so the, the important thing to note is Bitcoin itself has never been hacked. Uh, obviously, people have, have been trying, um, but Bitcoin itself is a very safe protocol. It uses, uh, they call it public uh, or um, public key cryptography. And uh, but, the, but you are correct. There are exchanges where people have hosted their Bitcoins and traded them online. Those have had, uh, have had hacks, uh, some high-profile ones over the years. Um, I think what has really happened is uh, as these high-profile hacks have happened, the industry itself has has grown up very similar to how the, the internet grew up from its early days. You know, people now realize that you know, hey, we're we're now dealing with with money, quote unquote, that has you know some substantial value, and so uh, there's a lot more safer protocols now of how to store bitcoins, how to how to use them more safely. Uh, but it, it is it was you know part of the growing pains of of you know, this new technology. Is this more of an investment right now? Like, would would I take my life savings and park it all in bitcoins? <laughs> well, uh, it depends how, how risk-averse you are. I mean, I, I definitely wouldn't recommend that to, to the average person, but I mean, we, we do see uh, a lot of our customers uh, investing even, even some small portion in Bitcoin just because they, they believe in its, in its long-term value. Um, there certainly are enough large companies that have accepted Bitcoin and are, and are using it um, that it, you know, the, the long-term value prop- proposition is there. Um, even Goldman Sachs in the States, they, they devoted a, an, an analyst to, you know, to commenting on where they think the price of Bitcoin is headed. 
And uh, <laughs> there's even been some people that have said Bitcoin is, is destined to go to 500,000 in the next uh, you know, few years. Whether that'll happen, I don't know. But uh, that's why a lot of investors are, are interested, I think. $500,000? Per coin. So, yeah, and so right now we're around 3500 3, right now. So, um, yeah. <laughs> are, are we seeing any competitors to Bitcoin? Yeah, the interesting thing is because Bitcoin is, is open source and decentralized, which is sort of two buzzwords that, that follow Bitcoin around, um, you know, you and I can create our own cryptocurrency uh, if we wanted to. And, and there are actually about 700 other ones right now. Uh, Bitcoin is still the king by far. I think its market cap is like about $50 billion. So it's, it's, you know, it's the, the main, the main one. But, um, you know, there are other ones. There's, there's another one called Ethereum that is sort of used for, uh, for these things called smart contracts and, and other digital, digital commodities. But, but, um, but yeah, Bitcoin is just definitely the, the popular one and, and the first one. And just quickly tell us a little bit about, uh, Netcoins, what you guys are all about. Yeah, so the, the, the cool thing that, that, that we've done is we've made it really easy for people to buy Bitcoin, uh, especially in Canada. The, 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 the hard thing with Bitcoin is it's been difficult to buy. It's easy to use, but hard to find. And so there are these machines called Bitcoin ATMs that you can find in cafes across the country. But uh, we've set up some, some partnerships with, with SO gas stations and, and, uh, and you know, network of stores across Canada. Basically, you can go there and buy a, buy like a prepaid voucher and convert it into Bitcoin on our, on our website. Very cool. Uh, thanks for joining us today, Michael. Oh, thanks for having me. Michael Vogel from Netcoins. He's the CEO over there, giving us a bit of a primer on uh, Bitcoins. Uh, when we come back, still a lot more tech to talk. We're going to be looking at back-to-school gadgets uh, and Amazon working on translation devices for animals. Yes, you heard right. Stay tuned. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here in studio. We still have a lot more tech to talk, including Amazon talking to animals. What's that all about? You'll have to stay tuned. We also have our app of the week with Christina. But now we want to talk back to school technology. What to get for the student in your world. On the line, we have Melody Safri from Belkin. Thanks for joining us today, Melody. Thanks for having me. Wanted to get uh, you... Uh, on the show to talk about some of the uh, back-to-school gear that uh, I think uh, a lot of students uh, will need to be uh, looking at. What are some of the uh, the hottest trends in, in technology for back-to-school this year? I think for me, if I were, ha- if I were to have a top pick uh, on what the hottest technology would be, I would say it will be AR, augmented reality. I think that um, the market's ready for it, and we actually had a taste of it with Pokemon Go on where AR is going to be in the future. So well, there's some early stages uh, of devices that are out in the market already in some of the applications. And I think with uh, AR becoming more and more popular, more and more people are going to use their mobile devices. And then, of course, with that means people want to be charging on the go. They always want to have power. They always want to be connected. And that's kind of where Belkin comes in. Well, that's a, a good point. Uh, I know uh, Apple's getting into AR in a big way with uh, the iOS uh, 11 release this fall, and we're seeing a lot of Android smartphone manufacturers like Asus. They've just released a cool new smartphone that really takes advantage of it. And, you know, that is a challenge. You know, I have an iPhone 7, and I use it all day. And by around 4 o'clock, I am out of juice. So what are some, uh, some items that you guys uh, carry that could help, uh, help me and others? Well, uh, we have actually Duratech cables. So if you want to charge your 
your devices and you want to have a really, really strong cable, we have a line of Duratech cables that are Lightning or micro-USB and USB-C, and you partner that with our power packs. So we have actually Pocket Power, which is like a 10K battery, and you can actually charge your phone three times, or you can charge multiple devices at the same time, like your headphone or your GoPro camera, your smartphone, your tablet. You know, that's uh, I love these little portable battery packs. What are, what are some things people should look for when they're when they're looking at these battery packs? There's like hundreds of these things out there now, if not thousands. You know, what are some of the, the key things? I think the key thing would be number one is it needs to be safe. So you want to look at safety. You want to look at power packs that actually have uh, voltage regulations, uh, things like that uh, built in. The other thing is as the size becomes bigger and bigger. Sometimes you can have a battery pack that will charge your device faster, but it takes you forever to charge the battery pack itself. So with a Belkin battery pack, you can actually charge your your power pack faster because we would have a 2.1 amp or a 2.4 amp uh, charger built in going into the battery. So not only will it charge your devices faster, but it also charges your battery pack faster so you can be on the go quicker. I like the durable cable uh, angle there as well. Uh, you know, one issue I have with some of my lightning cables, uh, they last like maybe a couple months and then they're gone because of all the wear and tear. Yeah. So actually, that is one of the things why we created this cable. Uh, we've listened to what the pain points are of the consumers. Uh, their cables break on their connectors. So we partnered with one of the top um uh, uh, Kevlar makers, so DuPont, make, they make Kevlar. So we wanted to find out how can we create a almost indestructible cable. So we came up with the Duratech. So not only does it have uh, a, a jacket that's really, really strong, but we actually infused Kevlar into the actual cable construction. So it's really, really strong. Don't they uh, make uh, bulletproof vests out of Kevlar? Yeah, yeah they do. You've got bulletproof cables now. <laughs> Now, and we're very excited because we, we're getting a lot of really good reviews and um, consumer feedback. Um, right now, it's like five stars at Amazon and at Belkin.com, so we're really excited about that. What are some other uh, products you guys have that you'd recommend for students? So I would recommend for students, not only just for the smartphones, but also for their, um, for their laptops. So more and more uh, laptops right now, and uh, they come with USB-C, and some of them come with Thunderbolt. So I would say for students, I have a college student and a high school student, so I know that my high school student uses a Chromebook and my college student uses a MacBook. So it's always good to declutter their space. So we have devices like the Thunderbolt Dock. What it allows, it connects your MacBook Pro to just one connector, so then you can connect all of your other devices to it. So your space is clutter-free. So as computers become thinner and smaller, a lot of the computing power now transfers into the Thunderbolt dock. So you can connect your monitor, your hard drive, your printer, your audio devices through that just through that dock. And then with one connector, you can power and use all those devices with a Thunderbolt dock. That would be handy because uh, I know uh, on MacBooks, I've got the MacBook. It's only got one USB-C port. Uh, some of the newer ones have two, but that's just not enough for all the devices that I need to plug in. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think uh, a lot more people will be transitioning to that the new USB standard? Absolutely. That's the, that's the trend right now. So even smartphones and even headphones, speakers, 
you'll see a lot more people and a lot more devices uh, migrating to USB-C. We want to see, the bottom line is people want to simplify their connectivity. They don't want to have to think about what cable do I have to bring or what connector do I have, do I have to use. They just want to use one connector. And that's why device manufacturers, both on smartphones and computers, they want to simplify that connection. So you'll see more and more notebooks and Chromebooks migrating towards USB-C. So we've talked about docks and power and cables. Uh, any other uh, cool Belkin uh, accessories? Uh, yeah, I think for another cool Belkin accessory that I can recommend are for students who drive to school. Uh, for safety reasons, we have accessories like the Belkin car vent mount uh, and also our car valet charger. So I think that for me, like I said, because I have a college student, I would always want them to not text and drive. So having a car vent mount in their car so they can mount their phones and their hands free, I think that that, for me, is a plus. That's one of the gadgets, one of my favorite ones, actually, that my, my daughter uses while she's driving to go to school. Well, that uh, definitely re- uh, reduces the uh, temptation to reach down uh, uh, into the cup holder to grab your phone and do some text. Yeah. Another, another very, very practical accessory. I, we all know that in the dorms, it's very cramped and it's small. One of the practical accessories that students would also want and need is a surge protector. So we have a Belkin Surge Plus USB wall mount. It actually combines your AC power plugs and your USB ports. So you can charge your notebook, you can charge, you can plug in your lamp, you can charge your uh, phones, you can charge your cameras, your Bluetooth headphones with just that one wall mount. And it's clutter free because it, it hides all the cords in the cables down into the wall. There's obviously a lot of uh, competition out there in the uh, accessory space. Uh, why should people look at, at Belkin uh, compared to some of the others out there? I think for Belkin, the number one thing that we want to really achieve is quality. So we really listen to a lot of the consumer pain points. So you were right earlier when you said there's a lot of battery packs out there. But what differentiates us from the other battery packs out there is the design that they put, we put inside that battery pack. So we want to make sure that it's quality. We want to make sure it's going to last long. We want to make sure that their devices are protected when they uh, connect it. So with the Duratech cables, we want to make sure that people have longevity on their cables. It doesn't break all the time. They purchase this one cable. They don't have to purchase three or four after, you know, after <laughs> a year or so of using it. So for Belkin, we really um, listen to the consumers. We make their life simple by just addressing those pain points that they have. And then, of course, we have a great team of engineers and we have a great team of industrial design and innovators uh, within the company. And we come together, we brainstorm, and we create those products. We're talking with Melody Safari from Belkin today. Where can people find out more information about all this uh, cool gear? So more information, definitely go to Belkin.com. You can find our products uh, at Staples. Uh, you can find it at Best Buy, Walmart, London Drugs, and, of course, the Apple Store. Thanks for joining us today, Melody. Thank you so much for having me. When we come back, can Amazon talk to the animals? Stay tuned. You are back with Get Connected, Mike Agarbo in studio today. We hear a lot about uh, translation apps. I use Google Translate all the time when I uh, go traveling to translate uh, English into a, a number of different languages. How would you like to be able to talk to your pet? On the line right now, we have uh, Mandy Kovacs from IT World Canada. Thanks for joining us, Mandy. Thanks. It's great to be here. Uh, 
so the rumor is Amazon is working on a translation device uh, so you can talk to pets. Is this right? Uh, sort of. So, I mean, they're backing this research. So it's originally a study done by a professor at uh, Northern Arizona University, uh, and he's been using artificial intelligence um, and different trainable algorithms that can interpret language based on data sets as opposed to pre-programmed rules. Uh, to really analyze and understand uh, the calls made by prairie dogs. Um, and so he's been doing this for a number of years, and he found that they have a sophisticated communication system uh, that really has all the aspects of language. So, I mean, they have different words for different species of predator, apparently, and they can describe the color of clothes worn by humans or the coats of other animals. And so he's saying that, um, you know, our furry friends, cats and dogs that live with us every day, uh, use similarly decipherable language. And so he's trying to raise money uh, so that he can build a device like this that uh, we could use in our homes to really understand our pets. This sounds kind of crazy. <laughs> I know, right? But I'm excited. <laughs> well, I think my dog would just be saying he's hungry all the time. But uh, so... They're, they're doing this research on prairie dogs right now. And do, do they find that it works for each group of prairie dog colonies? Yeah, well, they've been able to kind of look at um, the various different calls that they make. Um, and again, it's not exactly like uh, trying to figure out what they say specifically, but more of along the lines of that it is sophisticated enough that they do have specific calls for uh, different predators, different animals around them, uh, and that they can interpret things, you know, that we kind of think of as more of a human thing, like colors or, or being able to describe a color. So these animals can actually do that. So, I mean, with that sort of intelligence in a prairie dog, which is, I mean, no offense to prairie dogs, but not exactly what we would consider a highly intelligent animal. But so if they have that sort of sophistication, I mean, why not cats and dogs? What's the end game here? Um, I think at the end of the day, um, Amazon is kind of leading or is, is backing research from another futurist called, uh, his name is William uh, Hyam, and he's been saying that we could have a translation device like this within the next 10 years. And so I think that's what Amazon is really backing in all of this. Uh, they want to be able to sell a device like that. And I mean, that's not to say that there isn't anything like this out there right now, because I mean, there is a cat translation device on Amazon right now. Um, but, I mean, all of these things don't exactly work that well. Some of the reviews are a little bit iffy, sort of hoping that maybe in 10 years this uh, new way of translating pets would actually lead to something that would work. I think Amazon wants uh, us to have our pets to be able to order off of Amazon. That would be amazing. I'm not sure what my cat would order, but I'd be a little <laughs> scared to find out, actually. <laughs> I think your cat would blow the credit card limit. I think she might. She's really into, uh, you know, different treats and stuff. She would want some sort of gourmet selection. Very cool. Uh, Mandy, where, where can people find out more information about uh, what you do at IT World Canada? Yeah, so they can go to itworld.ca. Uh, we have a website up with all of our bios. Uh, and this piece that I wrote on this AI-based pet translator is actually up there as well. Thanks for joining us today, Mandy. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me. Mandy Kovacs from IT World Canada. Stay tuned. We still got a lot more tech to talk. You are back with Get Connected, Mike Agarbo in studio. We uh, have a little more uh, tech to talk. Uh, don't forget to uh, check out our new program Sundays, uh, 10 a.m. Vancouver time on CKNW and uh, a few other chorus radio stations as well. It's called The App Show. If you have a smartphone, a smart TV, a tablet, 
this is the show you have to tune into. We're going to cover all the hottest apps that are out there for your devices and how to have more fun, be more productive, lose some weight. There's so many different things you can do with apps now, and uh, it's it's a pretty cool show. Uh, we've got Christina in studio with us for her app of the week, but before we get there, you're also one of the hosts on the uh, app show, and uh, tell our listeners uh, some of the things we'll be talking about tomorrow. Uh, some of the things we'll be talking about include what's streaming on some of the hot streaming services, uh, including Netflix and Crave TV. We're also going to be featuring a crazy app of the week, and you definitely want to hear about that. You might save your life <laughs> <laughs> by not using it. Yes, that's right. <laughs> you want to tune in for that one for sure. Uh, and we have some iCloud information because it seems to be a mystery to a lot of people. Well, we're going to be doing a series uh, on different cloud services. We'll start with uh, iCloud over the next few weeks on the app show. Again, those, uh, that show is uh, Sundays, 10 a.m. on CKNW. And uh, the website is theappshowradio.com. You can find out more info there. But uh, yeah, a lot of people have uh, iPhones, iPads. Uh, they're using the iCloud world. And you know, from the people I talk to, friends and family, they don't really know what's going on. <laughs> so we're going to cover a whole series on that. Tomorrow, it's all about the uh, iCloud storage plans. Uh, you have probably got this pop-up message every so often on your iPhone saying, you need more storage because your storage is full. What does that mean? Should you upgrade? We will give you everything you need to know about that. So tune in tomorrow. Today, what what app of the week have you got for us here on Get Connected? I have another option for you for translation. So we've talked about things like Google Translate in the past. This app is called is called iTranslate Converse, and it actually focuses on just audio. So if you're trying to have a conversation with someone, you can point the micro microphone to them and have them speak into it and you'll get some translations and vice versa. So you can talk into the phone and have it translate. This one automatically detects languages and it's also really simple to use. Like Google Translate has so many different features, whereas this one is just the one thing. It's just talking into the phone. And you said automatic translation detection or automatic language detection. So you don't have to tell it that you're speaking English or French. That's right. It will automatically detect your language. Um, and the great thing about this is it's actually a lot faster than Google Translate as well. And, and so is that the big difference is just simpler? It's simpler and faster, which makes it much easier when you're, you know, in a rush or you know, in a foreign country and you've had to stop a stranger to ask for directions, you don't want to be fumbling around trying to get your app to work. You just want things to work. And, and what are some of the languages that it'll work with? Some of the languages that are translated by iTranslate Converse are uh, Romanian, Chinese, Arabic, Slovak, uh, Thai, Turkish. So you know what? The sky's the limit with this one. There's many options for you. What about like Danish and Spanish and things like that? Danish and Spanish are also on the list. So quite quite a few different languages. Yes. I'm not going to sit here and list them all for you because <laughs> that might be a show on its own. Uh, again, I translate Converse uh, just for iPhones? Just for iPhones, but an Android version is launching in the fall. Very cool. Thanks uh, for uh, giving us the lowdown on that. Uh, and again, just going to be pushing the app show tomorrow. You want to stay tuned, uh, not stay tuned, tune in for that. Uh, again, Sundays, 10 a.m. Vancouver time on CKNW here. Also on a number of other stations, I believe QR77 in Calgary. 
And uh, you can find out more information uh, on our website, appshowradio.com, and also our Facebook page uh, as well. That's all the time we have left for Get Connected. want to thank Graham and Christina for popping by today. We'll see you again next time.